Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Gwen Reyes. And I'm Danielle Jackson-Dresser. This is a podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. We're revisiting the idea of escapism in pop culture and what happens when people want to get away from it all. Then we're heading to the Scottish Highlands with author Rachelle Bilo to chat about her new book, Ruby Spencer's Whiskey Year. We also go over our goals from the last episode, set new ones, and share what's been bringing us comfort lately. Yay! Awesome. How are you doing? I feel like it's been so long. I know. Well, we did. Yeah, we're recording like a week later than usual Mm -hmm. um, just because life. Yes, I had a busy weekend just with like family stuff and trying to figure out writing stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. everything, you know, it all just like happens at the same time. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm busy. I am tired. I... I caught another cold, but I also wonder if like my holiday cold just never fully never went away, away. Mm-hmm. you know, like I've always kind of, I've had this like tickly throat thing for I probably a month at this point mm-hmm. or more. No, it's February. So more than that. And yeah. And it's, and I, but I feel like that's like everyone, everyone is talking about how like the, this winter, these winter colds are just lingering around. So I apologize. I'm probably going to clear my throat like a ton. So get ready, everybody. Um, well, I have my hot beverages sitting right next to me because no, me too. The yeah, same reason. Sure. I love how, you know everyone talks about how February is like the shortest month, but it's also like the longest month because <laughs> it keeps going. It feels like mm-hmm. so. Yeah, you know, I think it's just like it's winter. We're hunkering down and trying to make sense of it all. I, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> how about you? What's going on oh with you this goodness. week? You know, it has been this last week, these last two weeks have just been incredibly stressful. It's, uh, we are getting in the middle of winter and spring events at my office. Mm-hmm. So I had one of my big events this past week. So my brain was just focusing on that. And it was a virtual yeah. event. So like I'm putting all this like energy and stress into a virtual event where all yeah. I just have to do is like push buttons and make sure people look good on that screen. <laughs> and next month we've got like, I've got my first big in-person event mm. and I'm just like, Oh goodness. Okay. Yeah. See how this goes. So, um, you know, just a little stress, but also just looking forward to today. We're recording today on the Super yeah. Bowl Sunday. Oh my gosh. I know. And, um, I am a, uh, I'm not an Eagles fan. Cause I'm not really a huge football fan, but if I have yeah. to pick a team, I will pick the Eagles. Cause that's mm-hmm. what my, uh, my dad and my brother are big fans. So, <laughs> um, I'm just excited about watching them eating all the snacks. And then later this week, I'll be flying to Austin for a work scouting trip. Busy, yeah, you are busy. Yeah, um, I just consider today Rihanna Day, um, because I really don't care about the game at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will have it on. I'm sure. Uh, I am just there for Rihanna. Um, That's right. Do you guys do any <laughs> snacks or anything or is it just, um, yeah, we usually do like that. I think we're making like sliders, like just mini burgers mm-hmm. and, and we'll have, we have a bunch of just like frozen appetizers yes. and That's my favorite. like chips and popcorn and you know, all that good stuff. So yeah, we, I mean, we usually do something like that, but I don't know how much of the game I will actually watch. No. <laughs> Which I feel like a lot of people don't care this year. It's kind of weird. But... Yeah, it seems pretty subdued. And it's also like not in a, to me, I mean, not to be snooty, but I'm like, it's not in a cool place either. It's Arizona. So it's like, what's <laughs> there's not cool celebrity things to see or anyone's talking about any sort of like yeah. appearances. So it's just been kind of bland yeah. to me. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
but you know, I know you've been sick and I know that you've been writing. So what has been one of your big achievements this past week? So one of my big achievements is I kind of, I sat down and like made not like a concrete plan for the next few months of my author newsletter, but I kind of have an idea of like what each one for probably through the spring kind of looks like. Cause I'm, I'm I'm really trying to do my monthly author newsletter (laughs) since I started it, you know, Mm -hmm. I I did one, so I need to keep going. Yep. Exactly. Um, (laughs) And, and yeah. And so, you know, and that, and, and yeah, it's, I mean, very bare bones, but it's just kind of like, here's what I can talk to. And, you know, just like making sure I like remind everyone where they can buy my, my book and, you know, yes. and just stuff like that, you know, just Love like it. getting kind of that almost like a template, but also like making it so it is malleable. So like in case there is like some sort of a promotion or or whatever is going on, um, it's easily to add, easy to add, I should say. So yeah. 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 Awesome. That's, that's what I've done. What are you, I'm so excited about your achievement. Please tell me. <laughs> so mine is just a cooking achievement this week. Um, and it's like, it was enough to get me to go to the grocery store on Saturday. <laughs> um, but yeah. I bake constructed and will consume a death by chocolate trifle from scratch um, uh, this week. So we made homemade, I made homemade chocolate pudding from cook's kitchen or America's test kitchen. Yeah. And then, um, Ina's iconic outrageous brownies, Yum. So it's like brownie pudding, homemade whipped cream, Heath bar, rinse and repeat. Whole way that's up. amazing and yeah. it's I got like a cute little trifle bowl like it's so it's a fun whole thing. I feel like a whole fancy lady right now <laughs> I love that no that sounds great mm-hmm. and it, it's so funny because like a trifle is just assembling you know so mm-hmm. you're like oh it's not going to take that long it's going to be super easy and it was like a whole day we didn't yeah. actually construct the the actual trifle until like eight or nine o'clock last night. And we started cooking, started baking and making the pudding at 11. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that's wild. That's great. That's really cool. Yeah. Because I mean, I feel like most trifles you see now, it's all just like shortcuts. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. buy the pre-made stuff and then just assemble it. Like you said, right. but you made every element. That's really cool. Yeah. I was I even like, that. we're making homemade whipped cream. Cause I like, I mean, I love Cool Whip. I love yeah. Cool Whip. But- oh, yeah but I was like making my own cream on this one. Oh yeah. No, that's awesome. I love that so much. Yay. So I'll send pictures. I'll <laughs> let you guys know if uh, everybody, if hopefully no one actually dies by chocolate, but they'll enjoy it. Yes. No, I agree. So let's jump into our topic this week. I know we've visited escapism before in the past mm-hmm. and we wanted to kind of retouch the topic and explore it again, because, you know, it's such a common plot point in books and stories in general is yeah. somebody is getting ready to just sort of say goodbye to their current life and mm-hmm. start up fresh and scrap from scratch. And sometimes that is a person who doesn't want to do that. And sometimes it's a person who is ready to make a change and make a plan and, and escape to something else and escapism. So um, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you were thinking when um, yeah. you posed this topic. Yeah. Well, and what kind of like didn't happen totally on purpose, but in our author interview with Rochelle Bilo and her book, Ruby Spencer's Whiskey Year, her main character, Ruby, also like does this. Like she mm-hmm. kind of decides, okay, I'm going to go to Scotland and I'm going to write a cookbook. And mm-hmm. so like she makes this decision to leave. It's not like, you know, like a lot of times with escapism, I think too, there's usually like an adventure element. And a yeah. lot of times it's like someone's on the run for whatever reason and they have to leave where 
they have to leave their home or what they're used to and go do something else. And so, yeah, I think the difference here is that it's people are making the conscious decision to go somewhere else and do something different for a myriad of reasons. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's like really kind of empowering. Like a lot, I think a lot of the, the stuff that I chose in particular, like they are the per the main character is leaving because, you know, maybe it's a bad breakup or they lost Mm -hmm. their job or, and, you know, but they, they know they need to make a change. So why not take it to the extreme and kind of go somewhere completely out of the way or unexpected or, you know, fabulously wonderful, you know, yep. overseas or something like that. So, yeah, I think it it is, it's, it's a little bit different with escapism when some, when that person is like really making the decision mm-hmm. to go away. Yeah. <laughs> As I think it also just like really sort of enriches the story as well, yeah. because it doesn't really, you don't have to spend the time with this sort of like either when they're escaping something dark, like exploring Mm -hmm. why it's dark or escaping and then they're learning something. Like when they've actually chosen to make these steps in their lives, they're going to be making these different, they're going to be making moments more mature decisions sometimes Mm -hmm. when this, when it comes to like story, story crafting, a story drive, story drive, you're getting just like these deeper sort of character arcs than you would when someone's like, Oh, I've gone to, I've, I'm escaping from my ex-husband who's going to beat me. And now I have to look over my corner or over my shoulder all the time and not. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this one, it's like, I need to go and do something that is out of my comfort zone, because if I don't, I'm going to be stuck in this, this situation for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move into some wrecks. Yeah. And I mean, I, I put like a broad blanket statement that like every Hallmark movie about <laughs> a woman who inherits an inn and has to like leave her high powered city job, you know, yep. that's the basis of, I think every like Hallmark and many like Lifetime and Netflix, you know, romantic comedies that come up now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I was started thinking about this, the first thing like in any kind of media that came to mind was Under the Tuscan Sun. I love this. Yeah. Starring Diane Lane, which came out what in like the early 2000s? If that, I was, I always think of it as early, like a 99 movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think she, her, she finds out that her husband is cheating on her and they get divorced and she's just like, I'm going to buy an old house in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what she does. And she has this great story. It's really fun. One of the things I love about, my first two picks in particular is that the characters are a little bit older. Like they have like lived these lives and now they are, they are in a place where, you know, they can spend some money and go buy a random house in Tuscany and renovate it. And that is that Um, my second pick is also kind of an older movie, but it's how Stella got her groove back starring the absolutely amazing Angela Bassett, where she's like 40 I think she she's a single mother like from the start and she decides she's going to go to Jamaica mm-hmm. for, you know, she's like, I need a break. Yep. And so she goes to Jamaica and she meets 20 year old Tay Diggs and in like his first movie, I think, or like first major movie. Um, and they fall in love, but you know, and then of course there's an age gap and it's like, what are you going to do? And of course, how Stella got her groove back is based on the book by Terry McMillan, which is also excellent. Um, So yeah, so those two were really fun because I mean, that's the extreme, you know, like they're Mm -hmm. one of them's going to Tuscany, one of them's going to Jamaica, like, and, and, you know, absolutely amazing things happen. My next pick is Brooklyn, which came out what, like, I don't remember. 
when like, Brooklyn uh, came out. 2000, somewhere between 2011 and 2014, yeah. I imagine. And um, starring Saoirse Ronan. I always say her name wrong. Um, but yeah, it's about it. She's a young Irish woman whose family actually encourages her to go to America to be like, there aren't that many opportunities here for mm-hmm. young women in Ireland. You should go to America. And so she does. She falls in love with a man who, you know, she meets in Brooklyn and and come to find, you know, she goes back to Ireland because I think someone gets sick. And so she has to go back and kind of help out. But like kind of the, twi- I'm, I'm going to spoil it, but the twist is that, you know, she she does marry this person before mm-hmm. she goes home, which is kind of like you can't, you figure it out before the end, but, you know, she doesn't reveal that until, until she's like back at home. And, um, you know, and so then she has to decide like where she really belongs. And, and I think that that one was like really cool. Cause you know, it is about like this young woman, a bit of the American dream kind of a story, mm-hmm. um, you know, but she goes to America and like gains her independence and is able to kind of live her own life. And and that's really great as well. We've talked about the holiday before, but I just think it's such a cute, a cute movie where, you know, two women swap houses, which mm-hmm. is you know, during the holiday season, it's very meaningful and fun. And then I want to put, you know, I think you could put any of the Toy Story movies here, but I think in Toy Story 4, which, you know, Toy Story is back in the, in the news because they just announced this week that they are working, Disney is working on Toy Story 5, which I don't know why, (laughs) that's fine. I'm going to see it. Um. (laughs) I know exactly. I was like, I don't have questions for this. I'll be there. Right. I mean, I'm going to go see it anyway. But, yep. you know, in Toy Story 4, you know, Woody really has to figure out what he wants to do. Does he want the, a life where he's a toy? You know, he he does love his kid. He loves Bonnie and wants to be a toy. But he also feels like the pull of being kind of out in the world. And so, you know, he has to make that decision, too. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. And then I just wanted to put in like kind of these this like skirts between books and movies but like wild eat pray love julie and julia like these are all books you know they started out as books mm-hmm. that were all nonfiction about women you know making these kind of decisions and you know you know going backpacking or going to italy or you know whatever it may be and going to france and stuff um and then you know and then like kind of the repercussions of the decisions that they make so yeah uh. i love that and i think like julia childs is such a great like real life example of escaping with purpose because she did, you know, she followed her husband to Europe Mm -hmm. while he was a diplomat and she had to make the best of it. She had to like escape and reinvent her whole life there. That's really true. I love that. Yep. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a really, it's so funny because I had a, and I know that there's just so many movies about escapism. Yeah. Like I had such a hard time with like picking out films for this one <laughs> like this was very very impossible for me so I totally skipped movies I went straight to tv shows so yeah. um I picked out three newish ones that okay. I think kind of hit the theme one I've talked about before White Lotus um there's nothing more obvious and extravagant when it comes to yeah. escape and luxury and like everybody that goes to this hotel is either trying to reinvent themselves or they are lying to themselves and trying to escape <laughs> something from their past and maybe yep. a, try to make changes in their future. And then, of course, because it's a cursed, bleak place, nobody can get what they want. Um, but I, I love the idea of this, like this, uh, this literal house of escapism that everybody mm-hmm. tries to come to to reinvent themselves, and then it just blows up in their faces. Yeah, no, that's uh, great. 
Another new one on um, Peacock is Poker Face, which is the new mm-hmm. Natasha Leone show where, again, she's literally on the run. But it is to me just like pure escapism is because she is sort of like a Gump like character, a Forrest Gump like character where she just shows up in front in all of these murder moments or Mm -hmm. um just like random situations and it's because she's trying to reinvent herself and and like stay under the radar of these people that are trying to kill her but at the same time she just keeps kind of fumbling and stumbling her way into murders and I love that I just I I love that sort of concept and that pull push and pull between those Mm -hmm. two and then finally the peripheral which is on Amazon um Mm -hmm. and this one is like a virtual escape so this this woman she is the the best video game player in like her friend group. Uh, her yeah. her brother is a video VR vigilante. He goes into these different um, augmented realities and uh, robs people, steals things, fights, does whatever. But he's not as good as she is, and so mm-hmm. he ends up convincing her to come in and help. But because the the people that aren't the people that are at power see that somebody else is doing it and doing it better than them. They're trying to uh, tap into that power. And so she keeps escaping back into the augmented reality and trying to, again, reinvent herself. So every time she's got like a different person, like a different avatar that she's in. You know what? I have seen ads for that. And I'm like, what is that show about? And now I know. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's a weird one, but it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, I have a few TV shows and they're all shows I've talked about, so I don't have to talk about them for very long. Um, the first is Shit's Creek because, you know, I mean, this one's a little bit different because they are kind of forced out of their home, but they end up going to Shit's Creek mm-hmm. and it ends up being, you know, just, it ends up being an escape for all of them, for that family. And they all kind of discover new, over the course of the show, discover new sides to them and figure out like what they really want. Um, I wanted to include Ted Lasso because I, I always would like the first time I watched Ted Lasso, when you finally find out about that Ted and his wife are kind of in the midst Mm -hmm. of a divorce, then that's really what compelled him to take this job you know because on paper even ted knows like it makes no sense Mm -hmm. for him to be doing what he's doing in the uk and um so yeah so i mean it is a sense of escapism he needed to leave even though it was really hard for him to you know leave his son um and, and it's like that marriage. self-awareness, like that's what's yeah. so great about that. And this, this oh slow role of revealing totally. that self-awareness. Yes, exactly. You were, mm-hmm. Right. I remember, I, I remember tweeting being like, um, none of you told me about like, it's like episode eight or nine. Like none of you told me about episode eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Why am I crying during this absolutely wonderful <laughs> show? This is amazing. It was so, you know, but it, it really, it worked. And then into the second season. And I know even hopefully whenever season three finally drops, you know, you, you do learn more about like what Ted is really grappling with and why he really needed to like leave his life in the States and go, you know, coach a soccer team (laughs) or a football (laughs) team, excuse me. Um, which is weird talking, saying football, but meaning soccer on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, (laughs) and then finally I want to say or put up Virgin river as well, because, you know, she, the main character, um, on Virgin river, you know, she, her husband has passed away. She's had kind of a painful past and she sees an opportunity to be a nurse in, in Virgin river, this small, you know, Northern California town. So yeah, really, really cute there. Um, okay. What's next for you? (laughs) Okay. So I, 
I loved last year uh, the book Flirting Flirting with 50 by mm, Jane Porter. This yeah. was her follow-up to Flirting with 40, which was uh, turned into a Lifetime or a Hallmark movie. Um, yeah. Sorry, Heather Locklear, I think, was the, the woman that played the part. But this one, completely different character, sort of set in a little bit in the world. But we've got a, a woman who's a widow. Um, she's, she's a professor at a, at this, uh, iconic school in California. Mm -hmm. And then she's asked to go to, I think it was either Africa or Australia. You know, they're not the same, but I, it's an A name. It's like an <laughs> yeah. A continent. Um, and she's goes there as like, cause she, again, she's, her kids don't want to hang out with her. Nobody wants to spend Christmas with her. She's like, I'm going to go teach this class for a semester in Australia or Africa. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> um, and she of course falls in love with the guy that is also teaching like the, uh, competitive class with her yeah. who is more very like crocodile Dundee S character, just very brash and, and going to jump into any sort of situation. And I love this because she, again, has, she goes with the intent to really push herself. She's 50. She, she doesn't want to die alone. Like that's the mm -hmm. whole goal for this is she doesn't want to die alone. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to not have these really cool experiences that she put on the back burner while she was with her husband and while she was with her raising her kids. And so now mm -hmm. she gets to like kick that door open and try everything from scratch from over. And I, I just really, really loved it. And it's Jane Porter. So it's just very fun yeah. and, and light totally. as a, a fun flight read. Yeah. Okay. I have a few books. One just came out, um, a couple of weeks ago. It's, um, Georgie all along by Kate Claiborne. Mm -hmm. And in this book, uh, Georgie is, um, she's like a Hollywood kind of assistant and she ends up losing her job. And so, but then, but at the same time, one of her friends, needs her kind of to come home. And so she's like, okay, I'm, I'm going back. And, you know, this is kind of the opposite. She's like escaping the life that she kind of just made for herself mm -hmm. and has to go back home. And she's telling herself, no, I'm doing this. Cause I'm, I'm a really good friend. I'm helping out my friend, but she's kind of a mess. She's kind of all over the place. <laughs> it's a really wonderful, if you've not read Kate Claiborne, like this is an excellent book to start, but really you can't go wrong with a Kate Claiborne yeah, she's book. She's so good. She's so, so good. Um, also, it's kind of similarly with The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller, who we have had on the podcast, um, and she has a new book coming out in March. Um, that's excellent. I've already read it. Um, but anyway, Yay. The Widow of Rose House is about a woman who, you know, she she's an American woman. She goes to, she gets, she marries a very rich European. I, th I think he's like an aristocrat, but I can't, I don't remember the exact, you know, parameters of that, but anyway, he's really terrible and he ends up dying. And so she, but, and she did not do it, but like, she kind of, she's like leaving Europe because there's really not too much for her there anymore. But then she has to go back. She goes back home to New York and buys this haunted house um, that she doesn't know is haunted. But, you know, she she has like this past and it really, it, it follows her wherever she goes. And she's really trying to escape that. And so mm -hmm. she thinks like, oh, if I can go back home and I can be successful there and I can make a name for myself and, you know, and, and really cut ties with everything that happened in Europe, then like I will be, I guess I'd be, I guess, yeah, be successful, but like in a different way. So that honestly is one of my favorite romance novels of probably the last like 10 years. Like it's really excellent. And then 
Another former guest, um, Angelina M. Lopez, and her book, After Hours on Milagro Street. What's interesting about my three book picks, I just realized, it's like people who are going back home, but Mm -hmm. they're choosing to. So it's almost, it is escapism, but it's like the opposite. (laughs) Um, And really, the setup of After Hours on Milagro Street is... Um, this woman, she, her name is Alex and she is a bartender and she, she is known for having like a fiery temper and she kind of like goes off on a customer who's being terrible, but you know, because she's a woman and she's in charge at this bar or whatever, she kind of gets blamed. So she's like, all right, I need to like leave my great job in Chicago and go back home, um, to Kansas. I think, I think it's Kansas. And, um, and help out her family bar there. So again, it's like, oh no, I'm doing these people a favor. I'm coming home. I'm going to turn the bar around. But really she, you know, and she of course meets a very hot professor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, yeah. I mean, that's again, another really excellent book by friend of the pod and I'm one of my actual real life friends. So <laughs> we love you, Angelina. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, cool. Yeah. Any um, other recs? Um, no, I mean, I was, uh, so I had some board games on here and I took them mm-hmm. off because like, it's a little, like it was more of a stretch, but I'll throw yeah. them out anyway as an, as some suggestions, because you never know if somebody wants to play some board games. Yeah. Um, but there are two that popped right into my head. One is called pandemic, which okay. it seems a little, uh, on the nose considering we're still in <laughs> one, but in this game, you're essentially just trying to stop the a pandemic from popping in the world. Uh, yeah. So it's really, again, it's not really escaping, but it's like, to me, it was like escaping from these yeah. kind of things happening and everybody, because you are like moving around the world. So you're escaping. Okay. So again, yeah. And then my next one is called Takedo, which is a Japanese themed game about uh, a wanderer who is going on the Takedo road, which connects to uh, Kyoto and Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in its ancient Eve vibe, so you can kind of, again, stretching it, but every, every sort of stop that he makes along the way helps sort of inform him and give him the, the, the resources that he needs to be able to thrive once he gets to where he needs to be. So he's yeah. escaped, essentially escaping to Tokyo to get to Takedo or to get to Kyoto or opposite. You see, so you can play it backwards where you're like, I need to escape my country life and go to the, to the big city and reinvent myself there. Yeah. No, I like that approach. That's different and interesting. I would have never thought of that, Gwen. You're always outside <laughs> of the box. I love I'm it. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. While we're planning our grand escapes from reality, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back for our interview with Rochelle Bilo. Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast, Rochelle. Um, we are so happy to have you here. I am thrilled and you probably don't know this, but this is my very first stop on the book tour. Yay! So- <laughs> what an honor. This is exciting. I love it. <laughs> so I want to like kind of pull, I want like kind of a big scope question to get us started because Scotland, even in a contemporary romance, is something of like a magical setting. Like there is just something so atmospheric and just wonderful and inviting about it. So what drew you to setting your novel there that uh the answer is maybe uh not as cool as I wish it was but um I gosh like three years ago I had the flu over Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and I binge watched all of Outlander (laughs) (laughs) yes as as, as you do as everyone should do 
I hate that the answer is Outlander, but uh, <laughs> it all does start there. So I just became obsessed with the the aesthetics mostly of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought, God, this is beautiful and magical in that kind of intangible way. Yeah. Um, and I started noodling a couple years later about the idea of writing a romance. And I didn't know, I had a general concept, like the plot was in my brain, but I didn't know where I wanted to set it. And all of a sudden it just came to me. I have all these expectations about Scotland and how beautiful it is and how romantic it is. And I had a feeling that a lot of Americans do. (laughs) And when a lot of Americans go to Scotland and actually experience it, it's still amazing, but it's just, it's different than their Mm -hmm. expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, what would that be like to explore in a novel about this character who's just so in love with the idea of Scotland that gets there, it completely surprises her. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, I, I thought it would be fun to explore. And then I did go to Scotland for book research and it Fabulous. was amazing and totally different than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love, I love that. that. Yeah. yeah. That's so true too. When I went to Scotland, it was so different than I expected. And we were even in like the Highlands and everything like hardcore Scotland. And I was still like, <laughs> not there's no kilts. What was I expecting? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and it was funny too, because I went in 2021, which was still, you know, pandemic weirdness mm-hmm. with travel. And I went alone, which I didn't realize was kind of a, a bit of a thing until I was there. And um, everyone I was meeting was saying, oh my gosh, you're doing this alone. Wow. This is so impressive because I had similarly, I rented a car and drove all around the Highlands. Mm-hmm. And on my That's first neat. two hours there, I got a flat tire and was stranded by the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, terrifying. But, yeah, it was terrifying, but I wouldn't have had it any other way because the book did actually get shaped by that experience. I had written the first draft of the book before I went to oh, cool. oh, neat. research. And then so much in the book changed, mostly just like the little details and the mm-hmm. way that my characters speak. You know, if you're trying to write about another country you can like google slang terms you know and put them in your book (laughs) but how people actually speak is so so different like a perfect example of that is you know how we say like it's no big deal or it's fine it's Mm -hmm. okay no bother is kind of the equivalent Uh, there no bother no bother and so that just really stayed with me so I just like did a find and replace for like it's cool (laughs) and like I'm rambling now. I love that. No, that's such no, a good no. detail. Yeah, that's, great. that's perfect. <laughs> well, um, you know, switching gears a little bit from Scotland to snacks, another topic that we love. Um, like Ruby, you also had a career in food writing. Can you tell us a little bit about your foodie background and how that influenced your book? Uh, like Ruby, I also went to culinary school and I, I worked as a chef for a while, unlike Ruby. Um, and I loved that, but it was not the right career for me. Like I'm a little too soft to work in a professional kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up getting a job at Bon Appetit magazine. 
uh, where I was, I was hired as a staff writer and then kind of rose through the ranks and ultimately became their social media manager, which was really Ooh, fun. Neat. That's really where like the similarities start and end with Ruby and I, mm-hmm. with that, what I wanted to showcase with her was how working in New York publishing or any publishing industry, really, I guess most of it's based in New York, mm-hmm. can burn you out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I knew the food industry, which is why I chose to write about that. And then also because I wanted to share all the lovely sexy right. descriptions mm-hmm. of food. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's it's real deal. Even when you have a job you love working in an industry that demands so much of you all the time mm-hmm. and creates these fires out of not big deals can be really stressful. I mean, I look back at it now and I had so many meltdowns over, you know, like tweets that had grammatical errors in them. Yeah. It's like, yeah. realistically, nobody was dying. This is <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, does that answer the question? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I definitely think so. I think that's so interesting. Um, okay. So this is definitely a digression, but Gwen and I are obsessed with the bear. We talk uh-huh. about it regularly. Yes. Um, do you, did you, have you watched the bear and like, how do you feel about it? <laughs> okay. I, my boyfriend is going to laugh so hard when he listens to this. Every single person in my life has, is like, have you watched the bear? Yeah. <laughs> I know you like any <laughs> work in the kitchen. Have you seen the bear? And for that reason, I have not. <laughs> I have like, I know I'm gonna love it. I know um, I'm gonna see so much um familiarity in there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's super hot. Um, I know I'll love it, but I'm just like holding out yeah. until I don't know why I'm just doing that kind of like digging my heels in thing. <laughs> I gotta watch this because everyone told me to. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, but so should I? <laughs> I mean, it's it's really excellent. It like it Gwen and I can't any any reason we can find to bring up the bear, we do. Yeah, yep. I'm on my um, third rewatch of it right now. Yeah, I just started I really, rewatching this it. Maybe I think I also <laughs> am. Yeah, my husband and I watched it, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna watch again the bear. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. I'm actually. I mean, again, another digression, but like there is so much culinary kitchen content coming out right now too. Cause there's like the menu, which is another movie. Like I- I'm obsessed with that movie. Um, there's uh the show that or the movie boiler point boiling point. That's going to be turned into a television series. Oh, it's all okay. about like explosive kitchen scenes. So yeah. Yeah. There's just so much coming out right now. And I'm imagining as a person like yourself who worked in the industry, you're like, I just, I just can't, <laughs> I don't, it's too triggering. <laughs> Well, triggering, but I also get it, right? Because when, whenever we talk about food, we're not actually talking about food. You know, we're talking about how we feel about someone else or Mm -hmm. the memories we shared with them or nostalgia or, you know, like it's food is this entry point. And I think often it's this, uh, placeholder for the things that we really want to talk about with each other but maybe don't know how to touch so it makes sense to me that you know we're going crazy over food um but the like the kitchen reality shows are a little intense yeah (laughs) Yeah. I'm more of a great British bake-off kind of person I'm like same 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 I want good vibes (laughs) (laughs) 
lots of lots of British baked goods. <laughs> yes, I love, uh, love it too. Um, like the ultimate comfort show, I think, right there. Um, okay, so switching back, like getting back in gear about your book. Um, <laughs> some one of my favorite aspects of Ruby. I didn't. I was like, I have the arc, and I don't know where I put it. But one of the aspects that I think really surprised Ruby when she goes to Scotland is like this immediate feeling of being at home and like the people there just embracing her. And like, I know in my books and, but a lot of the books that we talk about and even TV shows and star movies is like the idea of a found family. Um, But what I thought was so interesting about your take on the found family is that Ruby isn't creating this or doesn't find this found family because she needs another family or a different family. She has a supportive set of parents and all of her friends in the States are really awesome. So I thought it'd be really cool to kind of discuss, to to discuss your approach about like the push and pull Ruby goes through to decide ultimately where she belongs. Mm. I love that question because it speaks to the drafting process. Mm. Uh, So in the first draft of the book, I did the thing that I think a lot of us do when we're creating characters, which is to be like, make them the most dramatic and unique characters ever. And so in the first draft of the book, Ruby was adopted and didn't know anything about her background. And then like at in the epilogue, she finds out like through a DNA test that she's Scottish. <laughs> like, <laughs> a little much. Um, and my agent, before we started pitching the book, read it and she was like, I'm not opposed to this storyline mm. of her being adopted. But if you were really serious about that, like if you really feel that needs to be a part of her story, you need to do a little more work there. And So then I did the thing that a lot of authors do, which is to sit down and be like, do I want to do that work? (laughs) Do I want to get sensitivity readers? Yeah. But I realized I wasn't actually married to that idea of her being adopted. It was just that I knew she felt adrift and you can feel Mm -hmm. adrift in a zillion different ways. You can have the happiest childhood in the world Mm -hmm. and still feel adrift. Um, So I realized her story actually had a little more intrigue if she did come from this like lovely, charming family who adored her. Mm-hmm. And I think that spoke to her frustrations. Like, why do I feel this way? I shouldn't feel adrift. I shouldn't feel like I don't know where my home is because I have this family I love, which is why I think it makes it so much sweeter now that, you know, she's like, oh, I do it. I think she says this. I know she says this in the the book. She says, I have two families now. Yeah. Like how sweet. I'm I'm so happy for her that she got to have that. Um she's not Scottish, but you know, it's funny. She has a Scottish boyfriend, so yeah, yeah, totally. I love that. Families on both sides. Yes. First drafts are always so wild. Yeah. Well, you know, and as readers may guess from the title, there's a lot of whiskey in this book. Um, what are some things that you learned about whiskey while researching? Oh my gosh. Uh well, I learned that there's more whiskey than Lafoig. <laughs> <laughs> that was my entry point into whiskey. And I loved it. I was so over the moon. I was like, this is smoky and peaty and delicious. But then as I started learning more in drafting, I did a ton of research and I spoke to whiskey experts. Oh, cool. 
and realized that like what we, what Americans think of as whiskey is mostly just peated whiskey. So, mm-hmm. you know, it has that smoke influence, which is typical of Isla whiskey. Uh, and then I went to Scotland and had my brain blown open. <laughs> by, like you go to like bars there and it's just like every bottle that you can, <laughs> whereas you go to an American bar, even one with a good selection, you're like, okay, there's three Scottish whiskeys here. Yeah. Um, and mostly I learned also, I did a lot of distillery tours, but through that experience, I learned that what influences whiskey is really how you age it, right? So mm-hmm. like what type of barrel you age it in, Brogan in the book, he loves uh, whiskey that's aged in sherry bar- barrels. Mm-hmm. So it has that like sweet wine influence. Um, so what I love uh, that I have now is this knowledge that I can share with people when they say, I don't like whiskey. I could say, yes, you do. <laughs> you just <laughs> don't know what kind. Yeah, of <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the great party trick. <laughs> yeah, that's, cool. that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> like you just don't like smoky whiskey. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. My, my husband is a huge like whiskey fan and he's always, looking for like different types to try. So this was like, I felt like kind of cool. Cause I was like, oh, I kind of <laughs> know what's going on here from like the things he's telling me that I'm, you know, only half listening to. It's fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, something that we ask every single one of our guests is to share something that's been bringing them comfort and or joy lately. This could be a recipe, a book, a show, an activity you enjoy. So what is something that has been making you happy lately? Uh, so this is maybe a little bit silly. (laughs) Never. Yeah. Uh, I splurged on a manicure set. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're like, did you see our faces just light up? We were like, wait a second. What? I'm sorry. What? (laughs) So I, social media advertising works. I had been seeing these ads for this olive and June mm-hmm. manicure set. And I kept thinking, how good can this really be? You know, I'm crap at painting my nails. Same. Uh, I live in a Northern Vermont town. There's not you know, a ton of nail salons that I can go to and get my nails done. Um, so I splurged and got myself this manicure kit and it's like reached obsession levels like yeah, every two days I'm like let me paint my nails again let me change the <laughs> color I can show you right here I have stickers that I am Hi. going to be putting on my nails later perfect <laughs> just such a silly little thing but in these right we're recording right now in you know mid-January it's mm-hmm. the doldrums of winter yeah. it's just this fun little frothy thing that makes me smile in a very uncomplicated way. (laughs) Oh, I love what's like your go-to color. Are you like just really experimenting? Uh, well, I thought I tried a lot and I always think that I'm like a pink person. And then I put on pink and I realize I'm not a pink person. Mm -hmm. I'm neutrals forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this, if you are an Olive and June fan, I can tell you, hot tip, the best color is called Caramel Budino, and it's Ooh. like a dark tan, just like really lovely shade that looks good 
with anything. Because yes. one of my pet peeves is I'll choose a fun color, paint my nails, the next day put on something and it, the nails clash with mm-hmm. clothes. Mm-hmm. I can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> so I like the neutrals for that. But yeah, caramel Bedino is where it's at. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm like ready to Google. Like it's exactly I'm like um, I'm gonna look at this. <laughs> and I do think that they have a discount code if you buy their. I'm not sponsored by them, by the way. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not yet. Um, if you buy their manicured set, which has like the nail file and the mm-hmm. all the stuff, um, I think there's a thirty percent off discount code. So fabulous! I love so it. Doing there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we'll be dropping those into the show notes later. Yes, so that'd be perfect. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Rochelle, this has been so wonderful before we say goodbye, which is always the saddest part of our podcast. Um, where can readers stay in touch with you and connect with you online? Yeah, uh, I'm most active on Instagram. That's my social media platform of choice. Um, I, so my username there is just my name, Rochelle Bilo. Um, and yeah, everything pretty much lives on Instagram. I am one of those grumpy millennials who refuses to get on <laughs> talk <laughs> so <Yep>. same you <laughs> know <laughs> I'm like and I'm definitely one of those grumpy millennials who raises her fist and grumps about reels and wishes it could go back <laughs> with the photos and long captions yes but, you have you have oh, found yeah. your your people we are yep, we are exactly. very much of that ilk <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I'm I'm pretty active on Instagram and uh, my website is Rochelle Bila writing dot com um if you need to get in touch uh there's contact form there i think that's pretty much it or if you're ever in northern vermont you can come look me up this has been so much fun thank you so much (laughs) thank you (laughs) it was just so absolutely lovely chatting with rochelle bilo and i just want to go to the Highlands right now. Like just getting to be able to revisit yeah. and, and talk about her trips to Scotland. Like, mm-hmm. I, like we got to go. Let's go right now. No, we're going. Like I said, I, I told, I can't remember if I told, said this in the interview or if this was off air, but I like, as soon as I finished reading Ruby Spencer's whiskey year, I was I like walked downstairs and I told my husband, I was like, we are going to Scotland. Yes. Like we are just, it's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know when, but we're going. And he was like, He's like, okay, like <laughs> crazy lady. You could Which do I probably would. I love it. And then, you know, if, if you write a book that takes place in Scotland, then you did your job. This is true. This mm-hmm. is true. You're right. All right. <laughs> let's talk some goals. Let's talk goals. All right. Um, so my goal is I cheated and I said <laughs> I was redoing my goal of writing 20,000 words on my new work in progress. I'm really close. I'm at like 16,000 words. So if I were to sit down and just work on it, I probably could make my goal today. I'm not going to, I have too many other things going on. Um, (laughs) but 16,000 words is really great. And you should be very proud of yourself. It is. It's, it's getting there again. You know, like I think I said this last time, these are not necessarily good words, but they are words. Exactly. They're on the page. It's all that matters. They can become better words. They can, they one day will become better words. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, I'm about like, I'm like two ish days behind schedule. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. (laughs) So yeah. Um, and my new goal is to finish 
my the they call them past page they call them first past pages there are no <laughs> second past pages i don't know why but i need to finish them so basically this they have sent me how my book is laid out in a very nice pdf that my computer does not like opening because it is so large <laughs> mm. um and and then you have to go through and this is really like this is when it's like if you want to change a word, you change a word. Yeah. You don't you don't rewrite an entire paragraph or anything. Uh, um, you know, and so, but this is basically this is the pre the final precursor before review copies go out, mm. and and then in you know a few months there will be a book. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I'm going. But I also don't like rushing through past pages because you really are. It's not even. I'm not even really reading it and I'm like really just like looking for any possible mistakes, you know, like that. And that is in a proofreader is going through it at the same time. And then we kind of combine everything. And if the proofreader has any questions, you know, or anything about like in Chicago, does the, can you actually take the L here? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and that, that's those final really nitpicky little things. So yeah, I need to get through that and and they're due by the end of the month. So I think, I mean, I'm in good shape to do so, but you know, it's just, it's time to sit down and do it. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. All right. How about your goals? Let's see. So my goal this past month or this past month, this past episode was to fill out my conscious spending plan. Um, and I did not do that. No, I have had it open on my, uh, Chrome for two weeks. Oh, very good. Very good. You know, I'm getting, I'm I'm there Yeah, (laughs) hanging out on a spreadsheet. Um, but yeah, not even close, but I I am, I do need, I have taken like, like, okay, if I can't get the whole thing done, let's take a little chunk out of it. And the thing I do need to do that's been bothering me is I need to at least organize all of my subscriptions and like Good figure idea. out like mm-hmm. if I'm what I'm what I'm paying for Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, yeah. like all of those, who's paying for what, where are they coming from? And just kind of mm-hmm. be more mindful of that because those little things really start to add up after they a while. They really do. Mm-hmm. Or like the ones that I keep getting me now are my Patreon and Substack subscriptions. And I'm like, oh what, gosh. how, how yeah. did this come in? What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh I'm a God. sucker is what I'm saying. So if you have a sub, if you have a sub stack or a Patreon, I will subscribe. So anyway, other than I sh- my new goal should be stop subscribing to things that I don't need to be subscribing True. to, but I'm not going to do that. So that's no. not cool. Um, but my new goal is, it's that time of year again. It is incredibly cold right now. Yeah. It's just getting colder. It's dry. Every yeah. part of my skin is dry. My yeah. lips are dry. It's horrible. So <laughs> I need to drink more water. I want to drink like a gallon of water a day. <laughs> Again, that's a goals. lot of water. That's a lot of water. So if I can just drink like 64 ounces, that would be great. I have two little, uh, two of my little 32 ounces. Yeah. That would be a, a nice goal. I feel it's achievable. Um, and I just really don't want my hands to look like lizards anymore. That's my goal. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's so dry. It is so dry. And there's like nothing, even lotion can't help. Like I've I've gone through the gold. I'm even bringing up the gold bond at this point. Mm, Yeah. That's serious serious business when the gold bond comes out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, we all need to drink more water. I think that's just, that is just it. You know, I read an article that said Marissa Tomei drinks like two gallons of water a day. And I was like, is she ever not in the bathroom? How does she film movies? How does she you know? go to work? She doesn't. Right. She hasn't in a while. <laughs> right. It's true. 
She's in the bathroom. Where's Marissa? She's uh, busy, occupied. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but okay. I mean, I she looks great though. I does. mean, and it shows. <laughs> I remember when Cameron Diaz wrote, which I think she wrote two books in her reti- her early retirement. Yeah. And one of them talked about how she drinks like a 12 ounce or a 24 ounce glass of wa- cold water. The first thing that she does when she wakes up. And I was like, I'm going to try that. That sounds, that sounds fantastic. Like after two days of doing that, I was, it, I mean, not to be gross, but I was throwing up because like, that yeah. is just not bodies. Can't, a that's, lot a, that's of water. a lot of water. <laughs> it's a shock yeah. to the system is what it yeah. was. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. What is bringing you comfort and joy? We, after that conversation, we I know. Need some, what is bringing you comfort and, joy? comfort and joy? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say chocolate pudding is bringing mm. me comfort and joy right mm-hmm. now. I made, cause I made the pudding yep. for the trifle, but I actually made a little extra so that I can have a little pudding snack and Cliff can have a little pudding snack too. I'm not keeping him from having pudding, um, <laughs> but I just really, really, really love chocolate pudding so much. And now that I know the secret to Magnolia banana pudding is mm. just sweet condensed milk that they whip into the pudding mixture. Gotcha. I'm like, I'm going to make my own banana. I'm going to make my own Magnolia banana pudding. Yeah. That sounds great. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So for me this week in, in our house, it was Girl Scout cookie week. Um, my husband has a couple of coworkers who have daughters who are Girl Scouts, but um, so I, he always orders a bunch. And so, yeah, but we, this week we got trefoils, which are, you know, the, the classic shortbread Girl Scout logo shaped cookie. And then we got adventurefuls, which mm-hmm. are like chocolate cookies with the caramel in the middle. They're so good. Yum. I ate like all of like I and yeah. I don't even feel bad. I do not feel bad. I, I ate wouldn't. most of them. Good. And good for you. Good for fine. you, Mama. <laughs> um and then we also got s'mores um because we love s'mores in this house. That's mm-hmm. the main reason why we have a fire pit. We don't really <laughs> care about a fire. We just want to make s'mores. Make s'mores. <laughs> um but yes, yeah, so we got the s'mores cookies and, and Ivy and I, I mean, I basically this week I've just eaten Girl Scout cookies. I love it. I love um, But Ivy and I polished off the s'mores. In fact, Zach was actually kind of mad because they are really good, but we were like, no, they're, they're delicious. We're you eating been like, them. You should have ordered more, babe. Sorry. Yeah. Right. He should have. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, Girl Scout cookies. In fact, and oh. you know what I'm going to do is I've heard, I don't know if it's still going on, but I'm going to put the link in anyway. There is like a Girl Scout troop that, you know, a lot of them operate online, but there, there's like a, a Girl Scout troop that operates out of a homeless shelter in New York. Oh, and you can like cool. order the cookies yes. from them and all the proceeds yes. like go to their troop. So I'm going to make that link. Cause I saw that and I was like, that is such an amazing idea. And maybe there's yeah. like, I don't know. I'm going to do some research. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's been the hardest thing being up here is not having my Girl Scout connects to get. Yeah. I have to get, I do get harassed by them when I go to the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. or I saw them. It's funny because up here in Washington, uh, marijuana is legal. And so I keep joking that I don't understand why the kids aren't putting their little cookie stop right in front of a dispensary. Oh my gosh. So you could yeah. like grab some cookies on your way out of the dispensary, but that's um, a genius idea. <laughs> <laughs> or even like the McDonald's, but I always see them at the, at either the grocery store or mm-hmm. at the donut shop. Sometimes they'll have oh. a eating table in front of the top pot donuts. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so crazy. Kids, man. Ingenious yeah. little business owners, these little kids are. I love it. Yep. 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 
<laughs> well, we've come to the end. Um, yeah. And now that we've talked all about Girl Scout cookies, I know what I'm going to be hunting out after I finish I this trifle is I'm like, ooh, get those. So I didn't even, you didn't even mention like Tagalongs or Samoas at all. Are those? No, well, I don't like, I don't like Samoas because they have coconut. The and coconut. Mm-hmm. I also don't really like thin mints. I think oh. those are the ones. Wait, what's a Tagalong? That's the peanut butter. Oh, maybe it's up there. Is it, uh, what would it be called? Like a peanut butter patty, maybe? Oh, maybe. No, I know what it's, ta- I've heard yeah, it. Yeah, so I've it's never... the chocolate cookie with the peanut butter middle and then it's covered in chocolate. That's okay. See, yeah. Zach also really likes those, but Ivy and I are not like huge peanut butter people. Mm-hmm. And that's why. Yep. Because <laughs> he's like, he'll be like, I don't want to be the only one eating them. And I'm like, who cares? Also, I ate all of the adventurefuls. Exactly. So it's like just put them in box. the freezer. Yeah. Get your just own put them box. In the freezer. Get your own box. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of our rich life. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> so funny. But yeah. So, you know, um, go get your cookies. Enjoy this episode. But uh, yeah. follow us on all the socials. You can follow us at Fresh Fiction. You can also find me at Real Vixen on Twitter and Instagram currently. And Danielle, where can people yep. find you? And I am at D Jackson Books. Awesome. You can email us directly at podcast at freshfiction.com. And also please subscribe, follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Yeah. We really, really appreciate it. And we hope that you have a great rest of your week. Yeah. Bye, everyone.